The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Seven and a half minutes past the hour. Let's get to our guest, Fabiana Fideli, CIO of Equities and Multi-Asset at M&G. Fabiana, right now the macro seems to be holding sway over everything. It's bond yields that are really driving uh, the bus. Uh, and it, it's, it's perilous, I think, to get seduced by the earnings. We've had some good earnings, and the stocks have responded well over a day or two, but there's no guarantee that they would be sustainable. So what is, what's the strategy right now? How are you looking at investing uh, in various assets? Good morning, Brian. You're right. There are a series of contradicting often uh, news flows that are really affecting market sentiment and volatility. In this kind of market, we're actually telling our clients, look, if you have a three plus year outlook um, in terms of investment horizon and you don't mind intermediate volatility, this is as good as a time as ever to buy into the market, whether it is on the um, on the equity side or also on the corporate bond side. However, if you do care about volatility, if you have a shorter term outlook, um, think about the next two to three, uh, three to six months, um, you really need to think about this market as a more idiosyncratic market. So we have been telling our clients that this is not a market for broad strokes investing. It's not a market for sweeping macro calls or sector calls. It's more a macro t- a market where you're looking for stock and corporate bond idiosyncratic elements and you literally uh, find your best bets. And there are a lot of them because when you see mm. these bouts of pessimism, mm. there's a lot of sell-off and the babies get thrown out with the bathwater. So what are the best bets for that uh, short-term horizon then? Look, we have actually found some interesting, uh, some interesting uh, opportunities in uh, Japan, where we see the um, uh, the restructuring and the stewardship theme really um, taking place. I mean, you've seen an increase in shareholder returns, a lot of company restructurings, M and As, um, and uh, and also an improvement in uh, operating efficiency from a lot of companies. Again, you have to be very selective, but we do find candidates there. We also find candidates in technology, for example, in. Uh, 
uh, in the US and also in Asia. I mean, this is a case of um, some of the technology companies you've seen, uh, they have had very different earnings announcements. Some of them have weathered the storm, storm better than others. Obviously, yeah. the consumer facing companies are having more issues. But, you know, a lot of that is already in the price. When you see a big name down 70%, you're tempted to move. But I, I would remind listeners that Alibaba has been down 70% for probably a full year now. Uh, you know, it, it depends on the conditions going forward. And Bloomberg Economics says next year could be even worse than 2022. It cites a cold winter and the disruptions in Europe and COVID-0 lasting longer in China. It's just a whole bunch of issues that could weigh in strongly next year. You're right. So what you really have to look for are companies that don't have to fund their earnings, that have strong cash flows, uh, companies with a really strong IP where they do have pricing and market power. So we're probably leaning more towards the uh, hardware rather than the uh, software side or communication services of the economy. We're actually uh, underweight across most of our strategies and communication services. That is an area that has done extremely well because of COVID. And obviously, you would expect some uh, pullback. We really can't go without uh, talking about what has happened in the UK and the big moves that we've seen in the pound and gilts over the last 44 days. What happens now? It's all going to depend on who takes over from Liz Truss, but do we see less volatility? Hey, hi, Juliet. Um, well, if we're going to see or not less volatility, it really depends on what's going to happen over the next week. Um, there are possibly two um, clear candidates. One is Rishi Sunak, the former chancellor, and uh, the other one is actually Boris Johnson, which is the former prime minister. Um, Rishi Sunak would probably become a more uh, market-stabilizing choice for anything because Jeremy Hunt, the current chancellor, the one who has tried to uh, calm markets with a more uh, conventional and strict budget um, he was aligned with Rishi Sunak and would have become his chancellor should have Rishi Sunak been elected at the time when elections uh, happened over the summer. So the good thing here, the good news is that the rules have changed. And so instead of having a long drawn uh, election, uh, such as we had over the summer, uh, the whole process will only take one week. So at the maximum, we would know by next Friday who the new prime minister will be, but there's also a chance that we could know as soon as Monday. You know, the markets turned against the UK on a dime uh, as soon as we got that package from Liz Truss and from Kwasi Kwarteng. Uh, do you think it's a possibility that the markets could turn against, let's say, US policymakers on a dime, given that you do actually see quite different approaches between the fiscal side and the monetary side, even in the US? You know, Brian, you've raised a very important point. I mean, there is a new variable here. We've been used to uncertainty coming from uh, central banks raising rates, uh, from inflation numbers, from obviously the war in Ukraine and the impact on energy prices. But the new variable here is that you could end up in situations where governments decide to have expansionary fiscal policies because in some somehow they have to respond to public opinion. And then you could end up in this counterproductive situation where central banks will be raising rates to counteract expansionary fiscal policies yeah. that governments put in place. And that's not a good recipe, neither for fiscal health nor for currencies.
Let's talk about the China picture. We actually did see the CSI 300 still end lower yesterday, but there was a very big bounce on that uh, news that we could see quarantine reduced. But at the same time, we've also got uh, the concerns about the US curbs on tech. How does the China story play out? What wins here? Is it reopening or is it still these, uh, I guess, geopolitical tensions? It's a bit of both, Juliet. Um, you know, when we're looking at China, we obviously are concerned about the domestic economy, the growth, the um, clearly the zero COVID policy is affecting uh, affecting activity. Um, it doesn't help that uh, the U.S. is clearly on a far more tense path um, with uh, with China. At the same time, some of the companies on the stock market are really trading at distress levels. So we're maintaining an equal weight stance on uh, on China. We've actually recently increases from a down um, from an underweight, uh, but really looking at very idiosyncratic stories, companies that are less exposed to macro and really have fundamentals that are not warranted by yeah. the uh, current price action. We highlighted uh, tech policy and government policy in China as being a big reason for the fall. Look at Alibaba. But if you look at, I mean, so the, the government's betting against tech, but then the government is betting for EVs, and EVs like Li Auto down from more than 200 to 30. You know, um, government in- intervention is one thing, but the market in the end will find its way. So it's it's really important to understand what the next policies of the central government will be in uh, China. Yeah. And All right, Fabiana, unfortunately we're out of time, but thank you as always. Fabiana Fidelli, CIO of Equities and Multi-Asset M&G on the line from Singapore for us here on Daybreak Asia. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.